Good morning. Welcome to Kale and Company for a Monday, December the 12th. And folks, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> Wouldn't you say, Kat? Oh, yes. Oh, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Snow. Yeah. I took a tumble yesterday. I was telling uh, Ken this morning, so. I know. Well, <laughs> I, I hope you recover because I know you have a big weekend coming up. I do. At the Colonial Theater in Laconia. Mm-hmm. Big show that uh, you will be a, a big part of. So, uh, you know, get better quickly. <laughs> The show will always go on. The, the show must go on. Even if I look like Tiny Tim, it'll be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the show must go on. Let's see, check one, two, three, one, two, three, testing. <laughs> uh, I, I do that. We always, uh, I, a little behind the scenes here, we always uh, check the uh, the microphones prior to the show to make sure everything is in good working order uh, here at WKXL. And today is International Sound Check Day. And I tried, uh, before we went on the air, to do a little research on why it is designated International Sound Check Day, but could not come up with anything. Nothing. But every it's, it's celebrated or commemorated. I don't know how much celebration there is, but commemorated annually on December the 12th, International Sound Check Day. Day. And I'm sure, Kat, that you have done many sound checks in your day. Many. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ours is kind of routine here, but some, uh, I know you must must go into places uh, where you're performing and uh, right. do sound checks and, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, we're starting them tonight, actually. Um, you know, this is considered tech week for the yeah. show. And uh, yeah, we, we're getting our mics tonight and tomorrow. So, yeah, I mean, it, the whole mic thing is actually kind of new for me because I'm a classical singer. Yeah. So we don't typically use microphones. Um, right. But when we do, it's it's a lot of fun. So, so yeah, there are um, so many performers will have the uh, the individual mics uh, at the show uh, yes. over the weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In, in wireless Laconia. mics. Yeah. We, uh, we take the them wireless to our face. mics. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Oh, I know. The mic uh, tape's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. We find it the next year. We don't, we don't know where this tape ends up going after we take it off. It's bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it just ends up in random costumes, or you find it in your purse, or it's just. It's, you never know where it's, it's going to show up. It's that keeps on giving. So, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> So, so uh, big tech week gets underway. So, that's going to be some long hours for you, Cat, between showing up here every morning and uh, <laughs> rehearsing for the for the big show starting uh, Friday night, right? Friday night, first performance. Yeah, it's gonna be it's going to be great. If you haven't purchased tickets yet, I definitely recommend that you do so because we sold out the seven hundred and fifty seat theater last year. <laughs> Oh, All three shows, so um, definitely go check it out at colonial.com, colonialtheater.com, or um, Belknap Mill. So, so there, there yes. you go. So Friday night, two on Saturday, right? Uh, yeah, we added an extra show Saturday because of how crazy ticket sales were last year. So we wanted everyone to have an opportunity to be, come see it. Because so. the people demanded it. They really did. They did, yeah, truly. Even in the middle of a snowstorm, there was a huge snowstorm one night. I can't remember if it was opening night or the following day, but everyone showed up. It was so wild. So wild. Well, we didn't have a huge snowstorm last night, but enough 
to muck things up a little bit. Uh, you know, you, you unfortunately took a spill, <laughs> and uh, there were numerous uh, accidents around the area last night oh. uh, in central and, and southern New Hampshire, especially the southern part of the state. I think it got uh, hardest hit by what I was able to uh, ascertain. And a fuel tanker rolled over this morning uh, near Exit 10, right near the, uh, the Manchester Hooksett border, uh, on the exit 10 of uh, Interstate 93, and the tanker is reportedly uh, leaking fuel. So not a great area to be in right now. The, if you can avoid the, uh, the vicinity of exit 10 and the Manchester Hooksett area, uh, I'm sure they're still, they're still at least doing uh, cleanup at that point. And, uh, you know, lots of fender benders last night. And, uh, you know, don't forget to clean off those uh, roofs of uh, your vehicles. Uh, because of uh, Jessica's law, and uh, you can't have any uh, any snow on on your roof uh, of your car, so uh, get that. And it's very light snow; it's very easy to, to brush it off. Uh, but still, it, it becomes the kind of the nuisance uh, variety uh, snow that that we're dealing with. And by the way, along those same lines, uh, with time running out before another winter season arrives, this is from uh, today's. A Concord Monitor, and uh, I guess you know winter doesn't technically arrive until next week. Uh, but the city of Concord and state of New Hampshire are urgently looking for more snowplow drivers, according to uh, Concord General Services Director Chip Chesley. The response in this area has been slower than we would like. The ability for us to respond quickly is directly related to the number of plows we can put on the street, end quote. If the city doesn't fill the vacant positions, it will take longer for the trucks to clear the roads during a storm, Chesley said. Uh, this season, while still early, is behind last season in terms of hiring snowplow drivers. Now, the city tries to offer a, a competitive compensation package for drivers, Seasonal employees are offered a $1,000 bonus and are paid between $18.75 and $20.75 an hour to work a 40-hour week between November and April, plus overtime. At the state level, the New Hampshire Department of Transportation is facing, uh, facing similar issues. Uh, this year, New Hampshire DOT launched a winter maintenance and employee retention program by offering a $5,000 bonus to returning drivers. That program has helped to offset some of the vacancies statewide, but there are still some. Uh, given the number of uh, year-round maintenance position, positions at the Department of Transportation, the state is able to shift employees and resources throughout the winter to run the trucks. Now, to qualify for both city and state positions, Operators must be available, must be available 24 hours a day, possess a commercial driver's license, and pass a drug test. So those interested and qualified to work for the city of Concord are encouraged to fill out a city application at www.concordnh.gov, www.concordnh.gov. Gov. If you want to drive a snowplow and be compensated for it, working a 40-hour week, 
Between uh, November and April, they, they pay again 1875 to 2075 per hour and uh, offered a $1,000 bonus as well. And uh, that is plus overtime if you uh, put in any overtime uh, during that time, 40-hour work week between November and April. So not too shabby if you want to uh, apply. So I guess it's guaranteed 40 hours a week, whether it snows or not. So if you're looking for something to do, you have a, a commercial driver's license and you can pass a drug test. Very simple. Just uh, fill out the application at ConcordNH.gov. Uh, in addition to being International Sound Check Day, uh, this is also Gingerbread House Day. And there was a great display at a, at a business on uh, Airport Road this weekend in Concord. They had a wonderful uh, gingerbread house display for everyone to uh, to check out. Lots of people showed up there. It's also National Ambrosia Day. National Ambrosia. Have you ever had uh, Ambrosia, Cat? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. You mainly know, I while eating. What? What's that? <laughs> I said mainly while eating. Yeah, mainly while eating. <laughs> <laughs> That's my mother's favorite word. She says that all the time. <laughs> ambrosia? Mm -hmm. Ambrosia. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's fancy. There was a, uh, I don't even know what it is, honestly. I see it, the little picture of it here. It looks like it has cherries and whipped cream, but uh, I don't know exactly what it is. I'll have to check it out. It's National Dingling Day, too. I think uh, Chuck Berry put that one on the map. And it's National Poinsettia Day. Or is it poinsettia? That's always been a raging controversy. If you have an opinion on that, you can give us a call right now. We have an open line. 603-224-1450. 603-224-1450. That's where we are on the dial. On the AM dial, anyway. WKXL. 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. We will take a break. Kale and Company, live here on WKXL, will continue right after these words. Stay with us. Kale and Company, live for a Monday here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you along with us on Ambrosia Day. It is a fun word to say, isn't it? Ambrosia. It really is. I actually did some research while we were on break. You, you did, and yeah. it's yeah. it's really interesting. So, when when you said ambrosia, I immediately thought, you know, something being extremely pleasing to taste or smell, which yeah. is why I said when I eat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually discovered it's also the food and drink of um, Greek and Roman gods. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. In ancient Greek myths, um, it was considered like a food or a drink of the Greek gods, and mm. it's depicted as um, longevity when you eat it or consume it, and immortality upon anyone who takes it. 
Now, I, I was looking, I did some search on uh, good old Wikipedia, and it says ambrosia, and in parentheses, fruit salad. Ambrosia. <laughs> yep, it's that too. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, ambrosia. I don't know which one they had in mind. It's a national, I mean, it's a World Ambrosia Day, I guess, yeah, is an American variety of fruit salad originating in the southern United States. Hmm. It says most ambrosia recipes contain canned often sweetened or fresh pineapple, canned mandarin orange slices, or fresh orange sections, miniature marshmallows, and uh, coconut. Other ingredients might include various fruits and nuts, maraschino or maraschino cherries, uh, bananas, strawberries, peeled grapes, or crushed pecans. Ambrosia can also include mayonnaise or dairy ingredients, whipped cream, Sour cream, cream cheese, pudding, yogurt, or cottage cheese. Now, the ambrosia that you refer to, I'm I'm looking at this right now. It said in the ancient Greek myths, ambrosia, the food or drink of the Greek gods, is often depicted as conferring longevity or immortality upon whoever consumed it. Yeah, and it, it was made with honey. Yeah. And some type of mushroom ah which just sounds gross and wrong do you you, you like mushrooms i do i actually had stuffed mushrooms yesterday stuffed mushrooms yeah Mm Hmm. it's so good how about you i you know what i have to admit i have never been a fan of the mushroom really in any manner or form Mm. i have not i i I usually uh, if i if somebody orders like a veggie uh pizza Mm mm-hmm I'm good with all the other veggies, but the mushrooms, I usually pick them off and give them to some uh, appreciative diner diner that I'm with, and uh, they they get to enjoy them because I don't. Uh, And I know I'm in the minority. I know I'm in the vast minority in many things, uh, (laughs) but mushroom consumption is is one of them. I'm going to ask John Leahy when he calls in today to talk about Hockey East if he's a mushroom guy. You should. I see I was the same too. Yeah. I think it was a texture thing for me. Yeah. But stuffed mushrooms are yeah. a whole other ball game. A whole other oh, ball I, game. I feel like you would enjoy it if you if it was made. You right. know, politely politely I have eaten a few of those over the years. <laughs> no, and you when don't they, like when it? When they've been served. Not really. I mean I can I can tolerate it, I suppose. But I would never go out of my way to have one. You know, if, in it, if, somebody, if somebody was nice enough to serve one to me at a dinner party or something, I would, I would consume it. I, I wouldn't, you know, say anything. But uh, it wouldn't be my favorite thing on the plate. I'm sure. So you wouldn't have ambrosia. Uh, ambrosia? No, not, not the ambrosia. not the Greek way. No, uh, the American way. I mean, the, the you know the fruit salad. That sounds like it might be pretty good. Mm. Uh, but the the uh, I don't think so. Not not the Greek. Ambrosia. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. The the uh, the uh, <laughs> the American ambrosia I would have, uh, but uh, at any rate, it is Ambrosia Day that that we're commemorating, and uh, International Sound Check Day on the very same day. Who knew? Who knew? You can com- commemorate a lot of things uh, on on one day. There was there was something else that was unusual today. Uh, on I have to uh, checkaday.com is how. Is how it comes up. It's C H E C K I D A Y dot com. It's 
Uh, today is the festival. I don't know where this is being held. I think it's just a festival in your mind. I don't think it has a physical location. It's a festival of unmentionable thoughts. That is also uh, on today's list of what's being commemorated. It's also known as Taboo Day, a festival of unmentionable thoughts. I mentioned uh, Gingerbread House Day, uh, Ambrosia Day, National Dingaling Day, and again, uh, National Poinsettia Day, or Poinsettia. We still haven't determined uh, which one it may be. At any rate, it is Kalen Company. John Leahy will bail us out at uh, around 8.35 this morning. He'll be talking Hockey East. You know, uh, one thing that uh, bugged me over the weekend, and generally speaking, it was a, it was a good weekend. Uh, I had a chance to see the Boston Pops Christmas show for the first time this weekend at SNHU Arena in Manchester. And they've been doing it there for quite some time. The Christmas show, at, uh, whether it be the Verizon Wireless Arena, which it was named uh, originally, or SNHU Arena as it is now. Uh, but it's the first time I've seen the maestro, Keith Lockhart, conduct the Boston Pops Orchestra and their uh, Christmas show at uh, SNHU Arena. Uh, for the seats they had, the place was packed. They, they closed off the entire balcony. They don't use the balcony uh, at all. Uh, for this particular show. Uh, but they had tables, just like the Boston Pops in Boston at Symphony Hall. They had uh, tables where people congregated on the floor uh, of the arena, and people were in seats and suites uh, around the arena. And it was a terrific show, great family show. Santa showed up. And, uh, and the reading of uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas was done by Aaron Falo and Sean McDonald of WMUR-TV. They did an outstanding job, and uh, so it was a great night. And it was the first time I was ever uh, able to attend because in previous years, you know, when the Monarchs uh, were playing and I was uh, doing their games on radio for many years, the Monarchs would be on the road when the Boston Pops would be at the arena. So I, I couldn't attend. But I had the opportunity uh, to attend on uh, Saturday evening, and it was wonderful. I would uh, highly recommend it because I'm sure they will be back uh, next year. But the one thing that got under my skin over the weekend, and there was one thing that did, and that was the fact for the second straight year, President Biden did not attend the Army-Navy game. It was played in Philadelphia on Saturday. It's a terrific game, by the way. Army won in uh, double overtime. I wasn't. I didn't have a particular uh, branch of the service that I was rooting for, but it's a, a great game to watch. Army-Navy, uh, um, a lot for the pomp and circumstance, which is terrific. The flyovers, uh, the uh, cadets and the midshipmen. Uh, in the stands in Philadelphia, the place was packed. It's a festive atmosphere. I, I've always wanted to go uh, to an Army-Navy game and, uh, and never have attended one. Maybe next year, because next year the game is going to be in Foxborough at uh, Gillette Stadium. The annual Army-Navy game in December uh, will be in Foxborough. I think tickets are on sale now. And uh, they're very expensive. They're very expensive tickets. I'll have to 
uh, save my pennies, and maybe I'll be able to go. But at least it's uh, close, relatively speaking, in uh, Foxborough. But I would go anywhere. I mean, they've had it in Baltimore, Philadelphia, uh, Landover, Maryland uh, in the past, uh, the Meadowlands uh, in New Jersey. But this year it was at Lincoln Financial Field, home of the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia on Saturday, and President Biden did not attend. And the last time I checked, Philadelphia is not very far away from Delaware, where he spends most of his weekends. And, and to me, for the president not to attend, it used to be a tradition for the president to attend in the first half. The president would sit on either the Army side or the Navy side, and then he would cross over and uh, sit with the, uh, the other branch of service uh, in the second half. I think uh, Donald Trump did it all four years uh, that he was president of the United States. Joe Biden is 0 for 2. And to me, that is a great slap in the face uh, to our military. I, I really, I, I don't know. I don't know why he would not attend. It makes little or no sense to me uh, whatsoever. But uh, for the second straight year, no show Joe uh, was not there when Army took on Navy Saturday uh, in Philadelphia. Kale & Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. They have individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more. And find out about the plan that fits you best at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. We'll be back. John Leahy will tell us what happened in Hockey East over the weekend and ask him about mushrooms as well. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues right here on WKXL and streaming around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. Kale & Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester and beyond, and streaming around the world and around the clock at nhtalkradio.com. This from WMUR.com, an oil tanker rolled over on Interstate 93 North this morning, leading to significant traffic backups. The tanker rolled over at about uh, 4.30 a.m. near Exit 10. It's pretty much the Manchester Hooksett line. According to state police, one minor injury was reported. Uh, one lane is open around the crash, but traffic is backed up for a couple of miles. The scene cleanup and crash investigation is expected to be a long duration operation ken yes we have a special guest on the line would that be my good friend john Leahy? yes good morning ken how are you i am doing well john how about yourself i'm doing well getting ready to dig out from the first snow but uh, otherwise doing well and uh john is located in, in massachusetts around the massachusetts uh, rhode island border how much uh, did you get down there john I don't think we got off to too badly, Ken. I think we got about uh, three inches or so. Three. I, I would say around here, uh, we had around two inches. Just oh, good. A, just enough to mess things up a little bit. There yes, indeed. A lot, lot of accidents around here uh, last night and and uh, early this morning. And, you know, it always seems to be that first snow. People are not accustomed to that uh, the snow or driving in and haven't done it for months 
and uh, that first snow usually always causes a lot of uh, a lot of consternation on the roadways, as it were. Yeah. Yes, indeed, but it's not our first rodeo, so it's that no. time of year. It is, go. it is. If you live around here, you've, you've got to deal with it and uh, and drive accordingly. You know, you have to take uh, you know take a little extra time. I I left for work early this morning just to make sure I get here okay. And and John, I hope there is no snow on Wednesday because I know uh, that yet yeah, that you and, and Mrs. Leahy are going to be heading uh, north to New Hampshire. Yes, indeed. Uh, I checked the forecast. I think we're going to be pretty uh, well off, Ken, and we're looking forward to uh, making the trip up there, and uh, it, it's going to be a tremendous night. I, I, I can't wait to uh, to see everyone and play a few tunes. Hey, I, I hope you, you're able to play more than a few tunes, John Leahy, and I know you <laughs> are hoping that as well, uh, but uh, John will be in the area, Area 23, uh, right off uh, North State Street in Concord on Wednesday for an open mic night. And uh, John always uh, brings his ukulele for sure. Any other uh, instruments that uh, you're going to be bringing this time around? Well, uh, I, I'm I'm giving it some thought. I, I have a ukulele guitar that I'm uh, considering bringing, but uh, that will probably be a, a game-time decision, a Ken. game-time decision. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but we will look forward to it, and uh, John always, uh, you know, you, you're up maybe three or four times a year, but always in December for for a little Christmas show. So that's that's terrific. Yes, I can't wait, Ken. It's uh, it's going to be a great time, and I hope people uh, consider coming out for it because uh, you know, for me, it's about a hundred miles each way, but it's uh, it's always worth a drive when you see uh, happy people who enjoy the music. And John Leahy, by the way, is flown in at no expense. At no expense, <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> but it's always a great show, and uh, you'll you'll see uh, uh, a lot of people there, and they 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 love uh, they love John because you know with the songs that John plays, you you can sing along, and and John loves it when you sing along and raise the roof a little bit, get excited, and uh, hear some uh, great music from uh, the maestro. I saw one maestro over the weekend in, in Keith Lockhart. I'll see another one on Wednesday uh, in John Leahy. So, <laughs> well, looking forward to that. I appreciate it, Ken, as am I. Uh, well, and uh, we have one other question for you, other than uh, what's going on in Hockey East, and that yep. is mushrooms. Where do you come down on mushrooms? Are you a fan of mushrooms? Oh, I love them, especially in beef stroganoff. Yeah, it's, it's terrific. Yes. Oh, see? <laughs> yeah. See, I'm in the vast minority there. I'm not a, a mushroom fan whatsoever. Kat and I were talking about that in the early segment of the program today. And uh, I'm just not a mushroom fan. If I, yeah, Usually if somebody orders a, a veggie pizza uh, when I'm dining with them, I, I give them the, the mushrooms and let them enjoy the mushrooms. I pick the uh, mushrooms I, I, off. Yeah, I can't get enough of them. They're, I think they're delicious. You know, they, they complement pretty much any dish. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, for me, especially with the beef stroganoff, I love the mushrooms. Mushrooms and beef stroganoff. Okay. Oh, yes. There yes. you go. I, and, you know, I, I taught, you know, there are some people you go to somebody's house or whatever and, uh, you know, they, they'll have spaghetti sauce with, uh, with mushrooms. And so you have to be polite and, uh, you know, I have to eat it. But I think it's, it's, for me, it's more of a texture thing. It's not so much the taste of the mushrooms, but it's it's more of a texture thing, I, I believe. 
Well, I, I'm the I'm the same way with peas. I will never eat peas. I, I know, and I uh, love peas. Yeah. I love yeah, peas. I can't I, you know uh, when I was <laughs> when I was younger? When I was younger, my parents would would serve them to me, and they would say, "Oh, come on, just give peas a chance, will you?" I just I just I just can't do it. Oh man, John Leahy is with us, and John joins us uh, kindly every uh, every Monday to update what's going on in Hockey East. There's going to be a little sabbatical for Hockey East now for the holidays and 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 what have you. But uh, there was uh, plenty of action this past week, so uh, bring us up to date on uh, on the men's action. Well, the first thing you notice, Ken, is that uh, the Merrimack Warriors go into the break tied for first. In hockey, East, I did um, notice that, and I, you know, I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, uh, curb any of your enthusiasm there, John, because uh, you know I, I wanted you to be able to tell the folks. Well, you know, uh, Merrimack had lost to UConn on home ice a week ago Tuesday, and they embarked on a three-game road trip, which is probably going to be the most difficult of the season. They went to UConn, then they went to UMass, and they went to Providence. Three very, very difficult games. Merrimack came away with three wins, so. Uh, they're going to be tied with UConn atop the uh, hockey standings. UConn uh, lost to BU yesterday, three to two. So uh, Merrimack will get a share of uh, first place in the conference. And uh, you know, if I was picking a team of the week uh, on the men's side, Ken, I'd have to go with Merrimack because of uh, what they did, uh, you know, on that road trip. But uh, you know, great finish to the first half of the Warriors. Uh, as we head into the break, uh, Merrimack and UConn tied for first. Providence. Uh, who lost to Merrimack on Saturday night. Uh, they've got 23 points. Uh, they will be tied with BU going into the break. And uh, Northeastern heads into the break in the five spot. The Huskies uh, have lost four in a row. Boston College seems to be coming on. The Eagles uh, picked up a, a wild 9-6 to win over BU. Uh, most goals scored combined uh, in a BCBU game. Actually, it's the most BC goals against BU in a game since 1985. Wow. Wow. Uh, the, yeah, the Eagles put nine on the Terriers the other night, and uh, they went at 9-6. So uh, Lowell comes in in the seventh spot with 18. Then you've got UMass, Maine, Vermont, and UNH are rounding it out. Nice to see the Wildcats pick up a win, by the way, yep. on Saturday night. Against Arizona State, a thriller in overtime. Yeah, UNH, uh, boy, I was watching the p- parts of that game, and boy, the Wildcats are playing hard for Mike Souza, and they were determined to uh, get that win over Arizona State. So uh, they did manage to pick up the win, so uh, happy for UNH. Uh, another team that's uh, playing well going into the break is Maine. Uh, Black Bears have won four in a row. So, uh, Ken, you know, as we talk about so many times, Hockey East is such a battle and there's only six points separating the top six teams uh, make that uh, uh, eight points separating the top six teams so uh if you like the first half stick around we've got so much more coming and uh i, I can't wait for it to start not to rush the holidays but no no uh, but uh no action usually picks up uh in, in january for hockey east and uh you know unh has had a had a rough go of it but uh, maybe that uh, overtime win Saturday will turn their fortunes around as they uh, beat Arizona State. They lost to them the night before, but uh, beat them in overtime on Saturday. And uh, the Merrimack Warriors, great re- week for them. And uh, n- not only, John, are they in first place tied, tied with UConn, but they have played three fewer Hockey East games than the Huskies have. 
Yeah, that's right. Merrimack has played 11 uh, hockey East games, and UConn has played 14. And I think the amazing thing is, you know, we always talk about the pairwise when it comes to college hockey. The pairwise is the mathematical formula that determines which teams get into the national tournament. There are three hockey East teams that are in the top 10 nationally. Wow. In the pairwise, uh, Merrimack, BU, and uh, UConn, you have uh, three other teams that are in the top 15. So it's been a tremendous first half for Hockey East, and uh, I know it's going to continue. There's only one more game, by the way, on the men's or the women's side uh, before the holidays, and that's Northeastern, who play at Long Island in a men's game on the 18th. Well, John, can you hang in there for a minute, and uh, we'll get back and talk a little bit more uh, after the break. Absolutely, Ken. All right, John Leahy with us, longtime voice of the Merrimack College Warriors hockey team, currently tied for the lead in the men's standings of Hockey East with UConn at 27 points apiece. We'll talk about the women's side and uh, who knows what else. Uh, maybe more food talk coming up after the break. Right here, Kale and Company live on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com. Great to have you along with us, and we will be right back. Good morning, Kale and Company live here for a Monday on WKXL 1039 FM in the Capital Region, 1019 FM in Manchester, 1450 on the AM dial and streaming around the world and around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. We are joined by John Leahy, John, the longtime voice of Merrimack College Hockey and the Warriors uh, sitting on top in a tie with uh, Merrimack, uh, in a tie with UConn atop the men's standings uh, in Hockey East. And, uh, John, tell us about the the women's side of the ledger. Well, uh, on, the, on the women's side, Ken, uh, things are starting to slow down as the, uh, the, the women are going on the holiday break. But in terms of uh, last week, the big winners were the Vermont Catamounts, who uh, went up to Syracuse, New York, and picked up a couple of non-league wins. Uh, you had Providence, uh, very impressive, beating Quinnipiac, one of the top teams in the country. Friars played two one-goal games against Quinnipiac, and uh, a pair of three-to-two games, uh, a loss on Friday, and then a win on uh, Saturday. And a uh, nice victory for the BU Terriers also uh, this past weekend as they beat Holy Cross in league action, and uh, Merrimack split a pair of games with Dartmouth. So as we head into the break on the women's side, Northeastern continues to rule the roost. The Huskies are 18-2-1 and on wow. the season, and uh, Northeastern is the only team, the Northeastern women are the only team in hockey's men or women that have not lost a home game. The Huskies are 11-0-1 at uh, Matthews Arena, but uh, you know Providence uh, has overtaken Vermont for second place on the women's side. Northeastern carries an 11-point lead over the Friars into the break. Uh, we talked about this last week, and I don't see this Northeastern team being derailed at all. The Huskies are just a uh, a machine. And uh, the the battle uh, from second on down is going to be intriguing. Uh, Providence now has opened up a five-point lead over Vermont. Uh, BC and Maine uh, both are on hot streaks. The Eagles have won five in a row. The Black Bears three. They're tied at 24. UConn comes in at 23. And then you've got uh, BU with 18, UNH with 16, uh, Merrimack with 12, and Holy Cross brings up the rear with five. And uh, the Crusaders will look to snap a 13-game losing streak when they come back in the second half. And uh, Holy Cross will be playing at Fenway Park uh, as we have the Frozen Fenway coming up, Ken. Yes, indeed. Uh, Yeah, the first week of January. So college hockey will be showcased. Uh, Hockey East will have... 
uh, some games there, as well as the Bruins-Penguins uh, game on New Year's Day. So that's certainly something to look forward to. But uh, like just like the men, we look forward to some great action uh, for the women in the second half. You know, John, I know you have broadcast uh, hockey games at uh, at Fenway Park in, in the past and, and baseball games as well. Uh, but uh, how, how was it do, doing a hockey game at, at Fenway from a, a broadcaster's perspective? Well, first of all, I'll tell you, it was extremely cold. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've i been there once. I did the Frozen Fenway when, when uh, Merrimack was involved. Uh, they played Providence to a 1-1 tie. Uh, but no, it, it's a very cool, unique experience. Uh, we had a chance to walk around uh, the ballpark prior to the game, and uh, we we had a chance to interview our coach uh, there at Fenway. And it, it's uh, it, it's just it's a tremendous experience uh, if you can withstand the cold because the booth is open when you do the game. Right. Yeah. Uh, the wind. The window is open, but. Uh, no, I, I say it's an experience that, that uh, everyone has to experience once. Uh, I don't know uh, what Merrimack's schedule is in terms of going back there, but uh, uh, I was grateful to have the chance to do it once. It, it, it's fun. You, you know, you sit in the Red Sox radio booth, and you're looking out at the rink, and the green monster is off in the distance. And uh, I, I know that it's a wonderful experience uh, to, to partake of, and uh, you know, I hope I get the chance to do it again. Yeah, and uh, who was uh, going to participate this year uh, at at Fenway? Yeah, I knew you were going to ask no, me that. I don't, <laughs> I don't have it in front of me. I know Holy Cross. I, I think is playing BU. I think on the men's on the women's side. On the men's side, I, I think it's going to be uh, BC against UMass, and I, I want to say Northeastern is involved with it again, but. Uh, uh, that's going to happen on the weekend of January 6th and 7th, and and all the games are going to be uh, broadcast on Nesson, so you'll be able to uh, uh, pick them all up. Outstanding, outstanding. Or unless you unless you go, and that would be even better, you know. And uh, check it out. I've never seen a hockey game at uh, at Fenway, as I've said. So uh, we'll see. Women's doubleheader on the sixth, and I guess a uh, men's doubleheader on the seventh. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and what you have to hope for is, uh, you know, you have to hope for that cold weather because I know that uh, BU and Maine played at Fenway once and uh, the temperature was in the 60s and it was raining a little bit. and They had to actually pause the game. Uh, so warm weather uh, for hockey out, outdoors is not conducive. So uh, you don't want it to be like the ice bowl between the Cowboys and the Packers back in 67, <laughs> but uh you know, you do want it to have you, you do want to have a, a relatively cold temperature, and uh, I'm hoping that things go off without a hitch. I'm, I'm sure they uh, I'm sure they will not go off without a hitch, and uh, you know, looking forward to it. That's always a fun experience, no doubt about it. And uh, I'm looking at the diagram how they're going to set up the rink, and I'm sure it was the same when uh, when you did it, but it runs from uh, like uh, first to third. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, from first base to third base. I I wasn't sure how they did it from first to third, or from uh, the like the third base dugout uh, to right field and the right field area. But uh, they do it from first to third. So the uh, the grandstand seats would be the best, like in you know, sections twenty four and twenty five, or sixteen and seventeen, or the box seats. But I I'm going to try to get there if I possibly can and see some hockey. I think the uh, 
the uh, the Bruins, uh, the Bruins uh, classic, the Winter Classic, is a little bit out of my price range. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> college hockey would be fun to see at uh, at Fenway Park as well. So, uh, John, as always, we appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on today a little earlier and a little longer, and uh, we uh, we always enjoy chatting and look forward to seeing you on Wednesday here in Concord. Yeah, Ken, uh, it's going to be a very, very fun night. Uh, I'm bringing my wife. You know, she is off work now for a couple of weeks, so she's excited to make the trip up as well. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone, and we'll do our best to spread some holiday cheer. As you always do. You you spread holiday cheer in, in, in August, John. So, <laughs> you know, we can only imagine what it's going to be like uh, as, we, as we near Christmas. So thanks, John. Appreciate it very much. And uh, we will uh, see you Wednesday. Ken, I look forward to it. Thanks very much. And uh, have a great week. You as well. Thanks, John. All Take right. care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's John Leahy, longtime voice of Merrimack College Hockey, Saturday, January 7th. Uh, that's when they're playing the uh, men's doubleheader. Uh, Northeastern, UConn, 230. Uh, UMass, Amherst. And uh, Boston College will go at it at 6 o'clock. And the women's doubleheader uh, will be the uh, day before on uh, January the 6th. And tickets are available. Just uh, Google your uh, favorite ticket outlet and uh, you'll be able to purchase them there. Uh, Boston Bruins, they beat the uh, Vegas Golden Knights last night, 3-1. They trailed after the uh, the first period. Bees got a goal from Patrice Bergeron in the second period and Jake DeBrusque and Charlie Coyle in the third. Linus Ulmark made 30 saves to uh, post the victory. He has been playing very, very well. In, in fact, uh, statistically speaking, I think uh, Linus Ulmark has the best stats in the National Hockey League of uh, any goaltender. And the Bees now are 22-4-1. They're flying home today, and tomorrow they will be hosting the New York Islanders at uh, TD Garden. Celtics, well, they dropped a decision over the weekend. Nationally televised game on uh, ABC in San Francisco on Saturday night. Celtics and the Golden State Warriors and the uh, Celtics... Uh, might have laid their biggest egg of the season on Saturday night. They did not play well in their rematch with the defending NBA champion. Celtics went down to defeat uh, 123-107. to uh, Celtics now 21-6 and on the season, and the Celtics are preparing to take on the 15-3 and Los Angeles Clippers tonight in Los Angeles. And... Uh, Sad news in the world of sports over the weekend, and that is that former Celtic Paul Silas died at the age of 79, suffering a heart attack. Three-time NBA champion, twice for the Boston Celtics in 1974 and 1976. And uh, Paul Silas, terrific uh, rebounder. That's, that's what I remember most about Paul Silas was his rebounding ability at both ends of the court. So uh, Paul Silas uh, passes away at the age of uh, 79 years old, and he was uh, just a, a terrific player. And uh, from what I understand, uh, always a terrific gentleman with uh, uh, the Boston Celtics. Patriots, well, they will play tonight in the Monday night game. Six and six Pats taking on the four and eight 
Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Game time around 8.15. Patriots are going to be without wide receiver Jacoby Myers, who uh, is suffering from a concussion. Patriots are listed as one-and-a-half-point favorites in that one. If you couldn't stay up late last night, in Sunday night football, the L.A. Chargers defeated the Miami Dolphins by a score of 23-17. to 17. And that's going to do it for this edition of Kale & Company. Thanks very much for joining us. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. More Kale & Company tomorrow, right after the 8 o'clock news in the morning and repeated after 7 o'clock right here at WKXL. Have a great Monday, everyone.